Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day, Father. We thank you for this opportunity to gather together, Father, to worship you. Father, I pray now that everything done and said today will be to the upbuilding of your kingdom, Father. Father, I ask that you put a watch over my mouth, that nothing will be said against your word. Father, I thank you now that as we pray, as we preach this word, Father, that it will go out and it will not return void. It will accomplish what it was sent to do. And we give you the praise and honor and glory for it in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. So uh, <clears throat> there was like this really, really fab gym with all these nice looking people in it. And this old boy comes in with some tore up jeans and an old shirt. And he walks up to the, to the front desk and the guy stops and says, excuse me, sir. I don't think you're supposed to be here. He said, no, no, I, I'm supposed to be here. He said, well, do you eat carbs and red meat and probably drink a little? He said, I do. He said, are you planning on stopping that? He said, I don't. He said, I don't think you're supposed to be here. He said, I am supposed to be here. Do you work out two, three times a day and, and watch your sleep and watch your caloric intake? He said, I don't. He said, well, you're definitely not supposed to be here. What are you doing here? He said, well, somebody called and said they needed me to fix the toilet. <clears throat> <clears throat> them little frou-frou guys don't know how to do that all right so the, today's title of the sermon is no god and when i told sally she was like like in oh god that'd be that'd be a pretty tough sermon to preach no god no, no not no god it is to know god right we are designed as a being to have a personal relationship with the creator of the universe. And what happens is, is when he perfectly designed us, he created a space on the inside of us that is a God-sized shape, right? And it is necessary for God to be in that hole or there's a hole. Y'all remember those little games when you're little kids and it was like an Xbox and a little pie shape and a round piece and a square and you had to put each shape in the right hole? Well, inside of you, there's a God-sized hole. And people, not knowing what that is, they try to play Tetris with uh, extreme sports or drugs and alcohol or sex or whatever, or whatever other kind of addictions or things that they can do to try to fill this void on the inside of them because they don't have a relationship with God. And they can't figure it out of why they're never satisfied and never happy and never fulfilled and they just can't get to that point. And really, when you talk to those folks, e even like the great philosophizers of the day, right, at the end of their life, they were like, well, there's no meaning in life. We don't know why we were here. But when you go back to Christians, they have that relationship completed. They have that fulfilled hole on the inside of them because they knew God and they had a relationship with them. And it's a big deal. You know, the Bible says in 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, to study, to show yourself approved, right? To study your word and to show yourself approved. Why do you think it's important to study God's word? Well, you know, if you were going to, well, I, I don't know about now because I can't keep up. But, but, you know, back in my day, years ago, all the way back to the 90s, if you were going to date somebody, you wanted to know everything about them. You wanted to talk to them on the telephone. You wanted to go see them. You wanted to walk by and goose them in the ribs because that's what I used to do to Crystal because she didn't understand I was trying to flirt with her. She missed the whole point, right? But you tried your best to engage 
in knowing everything about them, right? I mean, right? I mean, didn't that how you figured out that, I mean, some of y'all might not have. Some of y'all might have said, well, he's the best option I got, so I'm taking it, and that's it. But in general, if you're trying to develop a relationship, you want to know everything, like what's their favorite color and what's their, you know, favorite movie and, you know, do they like vanilla ice cream like Savannah, who's a weirdo, or do you like actually flavored ice cream that's not crazy like that, right? Do, do, they, do you like pasta? Do you not like pasta? Can we go get tacos or are you going to be a stick? In, I mean, where is it at? Because when you want a relationship with somebody, you want to know everything about them. So when it says to study, to show yourself approved with God, <clears throat> man, I wish, I wish there was a leather-bound book that told me all of the ins and outs of what Crystal was thinking and how I should treat Crystal and how I should act around Crystal and how I should be behave accordingly. We've been married since 1999. I still do things to make her aggravated, and I have to go back and go, now, 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 not all the time. Sometimes I know good and well why I made her mad. But sometimes I'm like, I have no idea what I did wrong. And I'll go back through my head to see what social cue I missed. You know, some Hallmark movie that where I was supposed to bring her flowers or a coffee or whatever to have this relationship. Well, see, what God is, is he gave us a pamphlet with all of the information necessary to have a relationship with him. And then, to make it better... He said, I'm going to send you somebody to live on the inside of you to minister to your spirit. Man, could you imagine having that in any other subject? Like if you had a ministering spirit in math, like you went to take a math test and you could just go, the Holy Spirit would go, no, no, two plus three is five, not four. Oh, man, that's awesome. But this ministering spirit comes and lives on the inside of us when we are born again. Right? And it creates this relationship. And not only should we study to know our word, but then we start to develop and understand and start to do what God's word tells us to do and walk in a relationship with him. Right? When, when it says to study to show yourself approved, well, what do you study? Right? It's the word, right? It's the, it's the words in the book. That's how you study. Uh, Unless you're like me and then you play the words on something that will read them to you because you got too much ADD to sit still and read them, right? I need to hear. But if you go to the beginning of the um, gospel according to John, John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and he was with God in the beginning and through him all things were made and without him nothing was made. That has been made, and in him light was life, and the life was the light of all mankind, and the light shines into the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So if you want to know God's word, that's having a relationship with Jesus Christ. He is the word. He was in the beginning with God. He was there before anything was created. So it's kind of a, a, a double meaning when you know God's word, right? I want to know God's word. But I really want to know God's word. I want to know the word, the man. I want to have the relationship with the word, the, 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 the Savior. The reason that I am not fearful in death. The reason that I know that I have been saved and redeemed and set free because he died on the cross. Not because I earned it. Right? This is not a, 
this is not a, I played good and I, I, I you know, could memorize my times tables so I get to get here. This is a gift from God through grace by faith. Amen. If it wasn't, I probably am not smart enough to do it. So to have the relationship with God, it's Christ living on the inside of me. And then, you know, in your, in your personal relationships, right? If you just study hard enough to get married, and then you stop, well, you won't be married very long. Because it will fall apart quickly. It takes effort, and it takes drive, and it takes determination. And um, I saw a joke the other day. This guy come to his dad and said, um, I, I'm ready to get married. I, I think I'm going to ask my girlfriend to marry me. And the dad says, stop. Say, I'm sorry. The guy looked at him and said, well, I haven't done anything. He said, stop. Say, I'm sorry. Well, the kid said, well, what am I sorry for? He said, stop. Say, I'm sorry. He was like, dad, I don't understand. Son, say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He said, okay, good. Now you've learned to apologize for nothing. Now you can begin to think about getting married. <laughs> you can think about the possibility of getting married. But in your relationship with other people, you strive to continue to know more about them and what they like and what they don't like and how you should be treated and how you shouldn't be treated, right? So then why should we not, if you got saved and then you stopped, are you really putting in on the relationship? God's part is fulfilled, right? And, and, and it's open, and it's for you to take. He, he wants you to have salvation. In fact, in, in John 17, and I'm going to get there in just a second, Jesus prayed for the future believers. Like, like I want them to know this. Let, let, let's look. The gospel according to John still. Oh, wrong tab. That tab. Gospel according to John, 17th chapter. Um, and this is a big prayer, right? Jesus prayed for himself, and then he prayed for the disciples. And in verse 20, he prays for future believers. So in verse 20, my prayer is not for them alone, the disciples, but I pray also for those who believe in me through their message, the disciples, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us that the world may believe that you have sent me that I have given them the glory that you gave me, and that they may be one as we are one. I am in them, and you in me, so that they may be brought complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them, even as you love me. That relationship right there that he is praying for is what we are fulfilling today. That as we have a relationship with God, we see the love of the Father through Jesus who was sent as the lamb to die on the cross. Without Jesus making his sacrifice, God's love for us, the Gentiles, is unattainable. The relationship is off guard, right? When, when <clears throat> early, G Jesus told a lady at the well that he couldn't do anything for her because she was a Gentile and, and you couldn't give the children's bread to the dogs, right? We, we still, we is part of the dogs, right? And then she said, well, even the dogs get the crumbs, right? And I'll take the crumbs as long as it comes with salvation and redemption and healing and freedom. Man, what a great deal. I don't need any more than that. 
I don't deserve any of it, but I'll sure take the salvation and the redemption. And the, that I know I said it last week, but that Romans 8 that says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Praise God, I'll take that too. But our relationship with God hinges on our relationship with the word. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing, in Romans 8, that if faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So if you've not heard the word of God, you can't have faith in the word of God. And if you don't have faith in the word of God, then you can't be a child of the living God. And if you don't have faith by, through salvation, then you're not even the dog. You're further down the list than that. You're in the other category of this conversation. It is the know God. Not the I know him. No, you don't got one. He ain't here. And I'm sure you do. If, you, if you're not a Christian, I'm sure you have a God. It might be called the, the, you know, the NBA or the NFL or the CMAs or MTV or whatever. You have a God. You'll find something to try to form and fit and replace into that relationship whole. Right? You, you will. You will hunt it down. Because there's a giant hole, right? You have to figure out a way to make yourself feel better, right? I mean, <clears throat> y'all know I, I, I love movies and I probably watched stuff I shouldn't have, but the, the Tombstone is one of my favorite movies. I've watched it forever and ever and ever. Anyway, when Doc Holliday's laying in the bed and he's about to die, he really isn't, but he says there's a giant hole in the side of him and he can't kill enough or steal enough or cause enough pain to fill up that hole, right? That's where the world is, is they have that giant hole on the inside of them and nothing they can do fills that hole. But us as Christians, is that hole is filled and so then we should really turn into the next step of I'm saved. Now I want to study to show myself approved. I want to have a relationship with the word of God. I want to have a relationship with the creator of the universe. I want to be able to go boldly to the throne of God. <clears throat> God tells Joshua, do not let my word depart from your mouth. <clears throat> Y'all know what that means? Y'all ever got that one friend and they only have one topic they like to talk about? I got a couple. And they don't know nothing but that and they want to talk about that, whatever that is. Clemson football, I'm not pointing at anybody specifically. That one over there, that, that one. That's, that's what he wants to talk about. And how much we going to eat, that's it. That's what he wants to talk about. I love you, Stephen. He wants to talk about politics too, I'm teasing. <laughs> but the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. That means that you should have so much of God's word on the inside of you. That means that you have studied it, <coughs> excuse me, and investigated it and thought about it and meditated on it and prayed about it to where it's so full on the inside just looking for an opportunity to jump out. The Bible says out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. <coughs> That's what he was telling Joshua. I don't want you to talk about anything else. I want you to talk about this. I want you to think about this. Meditate on it day and night. I want you to know it and understand it. Now let me tell you. Joshua, you know, he was a cool dude. He did lots of stuff. He killed lots of folks. 
He did a lot of stuff God told him to do. That was what God was worried about Joshua knowing, right? Because that was the history that had taken place in general, right? There are probably a psalm or two or a Proverbs or two that was written before Joshua. But in general, this is what we were worried about Joshua meditating on. This is what I'm worried about you meditating on. Understanding, knowing, reading, developing, having a hunger and a thirst for it. To know what God's word says about you. Why is that important? Well, it doesn't matter what I know about what God's word says about you. It does not affect my daily life of what? Well, I'm sorry. It does not affect your daily life of what I know about what God's word says about me. Right? It's imperative for you to have the relationship that belongs to you. Right? It don't do you any good to know what my wife likes or don't like because she ain't your wife. She's mine. I ain't giving her away. She's stay there forever. It's imperative for you to know the relationship that you have and the value in it and what's required of you and how you are being led and taught and how you learn and how you understand and how you communicate with the living God. That's what's important to you. And it's so awesome that God gave every person the opportunity to have that relationship. <clears throat> and just in case you cared, it doesn't matter what happened prior to when that happened. I mean, I always hear people say, well, I've been to this, or I've been to that, or I've been too bad. Or, I mean, Paul was killing and torturing Christians for a living. Now, that's, what, that's what he did. He was very, very good at it. And God, God showed himself and blinded him, and Paul got saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit on Straight Street because Ananias was obedient <clears throat> and went on to write two-thirds of the New Testament. I saw a video this week, and it was a, um, the, I, they say it's the actual one. I don't know if it is or not, but it's actually the, the cell that Paul was in in Rome. They, they showed it. And it's, um, man, it's about, it looked like it was about that tall, and it was under a floor drain, and it was a concrete block room with chain holes sticking into the brick. So I don't know if he could, like, sort of kind of stand up or sort of kind of sit down, but it could not be a very good, it, it, it was not comfortable. It was not a five-star review. It's not where you want to spend some time. And in this place, chained to the wall, because of his relationship with God, Paul wrote some of the most grace-filled, love-filled words that were written in the Bible. He taught more about God's grace and love and understanding. Now, how can that happen? In such a terrible environment, how can that happen? Because his relationship with God was so big that the circumstances around it could not affect what he had going on. Doesn't sound like a bad place to be. As Christians, I talked about that about three weeks ago, right? As Christians, we should not allow the outside world to affect what's going on on the inside of us. That our relationship with God should set us apart. <clears throat> and and, and there are encouraging words throughout the Bible, but one of my favorites, and I've Every time I get anywhere close to this sermon, I, I read this one because this is one of my, 
my favorite verses. So it's Psalms 1, <clears throat> and it's anonymous. We don't even know who wrote it. But Psalms 1, 1 is, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord. This, whose delight is what God's word says. Whose delight is what the Bible says about me. Whose delight is in what Jesus said about me. Who meditates on this law right here, day and night. Verse 3, and that person is like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. And whatever they do prospers. Man, that's a pretty good promise. Just, just verse 3. Just that. But to get 3, you have to understand 1 and 2. Because blessed is the one who doesn't, you, you not, we're not love the world. We don't, we don't, we're not like the world. We're separated. We're different. I, have a di- I'm, I belong to somebody else. I'm not like the world. I don't belong here. I belong in heaven with my Father. I am not of the world. This is just a short period of time, which even more gives you the idea to study to show yourself approved. I cannot believe that God is so concerned over us knowing what his word says about us that it doesn't matter again later, right? Y'all ever... I mean, most of y'all probably went to school. I don't know how good you did, but you know, you study for a test, right? And you study all the information and you learn everything you have to learn for chapters one, two, and three. And then you take the test and then you try to forget what chapters one, two, and three was. This ain't that kind of test. When we get to heaven, this information is still going to be relevant. Jesus says that you will know and be known. This is going to stay. Jesse Duplantis had a vision one time of people in heaven and people who were in robes of righteousness and people who are in garments of salvation. And the people in robes of righteousness knew God's word and had studied to show themselves approved. And they walked up the hill into the throne of God. And this is in his vision. And in his vision, the people who were in the garment of salvation who just did enough. Like, what? I, I, like, I need a 70. Just a C. Can I get a C where I can graduate? That's all I want. Just let me, just let me in. Those people were in short pants and short shirts, and they were sitting being taught God's word by the apostles, and they were being preached to and fed and watered, and as they learned, they got enough strength to go to the next step in heaven, and then as they learned again, they got enough strength to go to the next step in heaven. Man, I'd hate to get in heaven and some, all y'all be sitting down at the bottom. I would think, Lord, I told them, I tried, I tried to make them study the word, I tried to inform them of how important it is to understand the relationship with you y'all gonna make me look bad i'd be like the teacher his whole class failed and you know, it's always the teacher's fault <clears throat> anyway as we study to show ourselves approved as we meditate on god's word it it bolsters us and it gives us strength and it builds us up why well because then it goes back to that quenching the fiery darts of the enemy, right? You will be attacked. You will be tempted. You will be bothered. And you go, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Be like a teenage kid that moved out of the house for the first time and calls mama how to boil water. How do you make your eggs, mom? Do you scramble them first or do you, do you crack the shell? I mean, it's, where are we? What do we know? 
So when we study to show ourselves approved, we get closer and closer to knowing the knowledge of God, right? We, we need to understand what God's word says about us. When Jesus was tempted in the desert, he responded, it is written. It is written. It is written. Well, my mama said, no, no, it is written. God's word says that I'm healed. God's word says that I'm redeemed. God's word says that I've been set free. Well, who said so? God. You got somebody that wants to go against God, what God's word said? I don't want to hear what they got to say. Before the world was created, God was. So if you have somebody that's older than that, I'd like to talk to them. I'd like to know what it looked like when the earth was without form and it was dark and there was no water and no land. See, Jesus was there when that took place. When the Holy Spirit hovered over the earth, Jesus was there then. So if he was there then, then I want to know what he has to say. The Bible says that we are like a vapor, a mist. We are here and then gone. Our lifetime is very short in the span of time. Now, my mama doesn't think that. My mama says that, you know, I won't call her out, but 70 is not old. <laughs> and, I, and, 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 you know, if you're comparing it to like rocks and um, trees and, and, and rivers, 70 is probably not that old. If we carry it to people, it's, it's, it ain't in the fourth quarter, but it's, I mean, they're starting to look at the clock and figure out what's going to happen next. I'm just saying. So if you're going to wait to the fourth quarter before you decide whose team you want to be on, let me just tell you, every once in a while they call the game early because of rain. Demar is not promised. So if you don't have this relationship, look, 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 look. if God came today, if God shows up in five minutes, Praise God, I'm gone. I ain't got a care on the planet. You know what my care is? I'm worried that somebody needs the stuff I have in my house and they can't get to it. Because I'm not going to be here. My kids aren't going to be here. We're going to be gone. We're gone. Bye. I worry about the people who hadn't been reached yet. I worry about the opportunities that were missed. That's, that's really my concern. But if God come back today, I'm happy. Let's go. Are you? And if that relationship is not, yeah, boy, I'm ready to go. Today would be a great day. Then you need to come talk to me or somebody else. Talk to, talk to any of these folks. It ain't got to be me. But you have to have that relationship. You have to have that assurance that you know that when he starts separating the goats from the sheep, that which side of the road you're going to be on. I can't even... Uh, knowing what I know, I can't even understand the concept of getting up in the morning and getting on my, in my vehicle and driving on the roads in South Carolina without having Jesus in my heart. Y'all know how bad some of these folks drive? I mean, one, it's over, Jack. Seatbelt, no seatbelt, upside down, inside out, over. And the more they develop cars, the more plastic they have on them, the least they, they do in wrecks, right? It is that quick and over. Jennifer was going to the um, trunk or treat and wanted to use the church signs. And she said, can I hang them on my car? I said, sure. You know, there's one little spot on her car that you could hang the signs that was magnetic. The rest of it was plastic. It didn't hold. 
That's what you drive around in every day. And if you go in there without Jesus, I don't know how you got, you're braver than I am. That's all I can tell you. Way more of a man than I am. Because when eternity's on the line, there's no way I would risk it. No way. So, <clears throat> what side of the equation are you on? Do you know God or you have no God? Because you have a God-sized hole on the inside of you. And if you know God, you should know his word. And if you don't know God, then shame on you and come talk to me. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for your word, Father. We pray that it will go forth and it will not return void. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to have the relationship with you, to be able to study your word and to develop the relationship with you. And we give you praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' most precious name, amen.